ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله. Value the praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there's no one that can lead Him astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, there's no one that can guide Him. I deliver that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger this afternoon or this evening the Uzmi Allah Ta'ala we like to continue in our series of lectures concerning tafsir of the Qur'an tafsir al-Qur'an al-Azim uh, in which we have attempted to explain some of what the scholars of Tafsir mention concerning various portions of the Qur'an and with primary consideration the comments of Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah. In this lecture number 8 we'd like to take a few of the verses from Surah Luqman chapter 31 verses 12 should be 12 through 19. The advices of Luqman to his son. And Luqman was without any difference of opinion, indeed a great man who was described by the Prophet وسلم, as Luqman al-Hakim and this title that was given to him by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is based upon the description with which Allah has described him within the Qur'an that Allah has given him al-Hikmah Allah has given him al-Hikmah and that Hikmah is indeed a great thing whoever is given to then they have indeed been given something great especially if we consider that ilm, knowledge, is one of the great gifts which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to some of his servants and the position of the ulama above other people is well known in Islam and if we consider that al-hikmah it is superior to knowledge alone in that al-hikmah it necessitates the person having ilm in addition to al-fahm, understanding and as some of the scholars of Tafsir, perhaps from one thing was al-Hadr ibn Kathir said that al-Hikmah includes al-ilm wal-fahm wal-ta'bir in this case for Luqman he was given knowledge as well as understanding clear and great understanding of the important matters of life and the ability to express ta'bir the ability to express that knowledge and that wisdom in comprehensive words uh, through which he advised the people and here in this section Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned some of the advices the wasaya 
of Luqman to his son, his dear and beloved son, the closest of those to him, and he gave him the best of advices. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved those advices for the benefit of humanity in the eternal text of the Qur'an, the Kitab Allah, the Book of Allah, the Speech of Allah. So, these verses begin with the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ That indeed we have given Luqman al-hikmah, we have given him wisdom. أَنِشْكُرُ لِلَّهِ That you be thankful or grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are ordered to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمِنْ يَشْكُرُ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِي And whoever has shukra, thankfulness or gratitude, then they have been thankful for the benefit of their own soul. وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ حَمِيدٌ And whoever is ungrateful, whoever disbelieves and refuses to recognize the bounties which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to them in his right to be worshipped as a result of that, then verily Allah is ghani, Allah is independent and free of need of everything and everyone, hamid and worthy of praise. Uh, in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us, or in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us of the favor, the bounty which he has given to his slave, the noble man, Luqman, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him a hikmah. And that hikmah is his knowledge of the truth, understanding the truth as it is in reality, and that, that which is behind it. And it is also knowledge of the ahkam or the rules of laws and knowing what they contain of secrets and the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for this reason if we understand that al-hikmah is knowledge in addition to understanding then we would know that a person may perhaps be one of knowledge, an alim, and not necessarily be a hakim. يعني not every alim is hakim, whereas every hakim is also an alim. Because everyone who has wisdom, they of necessity have to have knowledge in order to have understanding of that wisdom. Some of the uh, understanding of that knowledge. Some of the scholars said that al-hikmah, it not only requires that that it not only contains or consists of knowledge and understanding, but it also requires the person who indeed has hikmah that they apply or they practice that knowledge and that understanding. And therefore some of the scholars said that al-hikmah is al-ilm al-nafiyah wal-amal al-salih. Al-hikmah is al-ilm al-nafiyah, it is beneficial knowledge, not any kind of knowledge, but beneficial knowledge and righteous deeds, yani practicing, implementing that knowledge and the understanding so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He gave this great gift to Luqman, the gift of Al-Hikmah, then He ordered him to be thankful for that which He has been given, in order that that gift which He has been given will be blessed and increased. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also informs us that the gratitude 
of the one who is grateful. The benefit of it is for the person himself. And whoever is thankful for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, then indeed their gratitude benefits their own self. And whoever is ungrateful and is not thankful for what Allah has given, then the harm of it or the loss is to their own self. For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of need. He is free of need of his creatures. He doesn't need their thanks or anything from them. Allah is ghani. He is rich. He is absolutely independent and has no need of anyone or anything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hamid. He is worthy of praise due to his great characteristics and all that he has done for his creatures. The scholar Abd al-Hafid ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, discusses in the beginning of his discussion of these verses, <coughs> the scholar differs about whether or not Luqman was a prophet or was he a righteous man. And he has also been described by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu as al-Rajul al-Salih. So these two descriptions are from the Qur'an and from the tongue of the Prophet sallallahu There is no doubt about it, that he was al-Rajul al-Salih. And he was al-Hakim, he was a wise man and he was a righteous man. But the scholars differed as to whether or not he was also given prophethood and nubuwa. And the majority of the scholars, the jamhur, hold the opinion that he was given wisdom and he was indeed a righteous man but that he was not from amongst those who were missioned uh, with prophethood. And Al-Hazim Kathir discusses this in some detail, mentioning the same many of the scholars. Inshallah, when we read from the text, then perhaps we'll look at some of those things. Uh, the important thing is that, no doubt, yani, he was only described with praiseworthy characteristics in the Qur'an, in these verses, and by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala actually took from those advices, from the wisdom that was given to Luqman, to make them as advices for humanity until the Muqiyama by placing them in the Qur'an. And some of these advices, they are advices that are dealing with the fundamentals, the usul of the deen, and those things which are of the utmost importance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning him in the Qur'an, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانَ لِإِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ يَا بُنِيَّ لَا تُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّ الشِّرْكِ لَظُلْمٍ عَظِيمٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls us to remember. Remember when Luqman said to his son, while he was advising him, giving him advice, al-wa'ad, wal-nasiha, he said to him, Ya Buniya, with this expression of endearment, Ya Buniya, O my dear son. And the first instruction and advice, wasila that he gave him, is the greatest and most important of all instructions. It is the warning against that deadly sin which is the cause of total destruction and total loss to shirk. La tushirk billah. Don't associate anything as an equal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For verily shirk is zulmun azim. Verily shirk is a tremendous, terrible zulm, uh, yani wrongdoing. And zulm, as some of the scholars mentioned, zulm is that which it is when someone puts something out of its place, in other than its rightful place. Putting something in other than its rightful place or going beyond the bounds, Pajawas and Hudu. And here the Dhul, here it is 
offering the worship to others and do what is due to and going beyond the bounds of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said or has set in our actions in this life. Whatever is considered as an act of worship, then the bounds that Allah has set is that any act of worship, whether great or small, it should only be given to Him. So a shirk, it is indeed the greatest wrongdoing, the greatest transgression going beyond the bounds and the greatest act of putting something in other than its place, putting the ibadah that belongs to the Lord of the world, uh, offering it to something of the and incomplete and imperfect and powerless creatures. Also, in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these words were given to the son of Luqman while he was, while he was giving him wa'ad, yani irshad, or nasiha. He was advising him and guiding him. And the son of the father said that al-wa'ad, it means al-amra wal-nahi, commanding and prohibition. Along with al-tarheeb with tarheeb Yani commanding the person with that which is good and righteousness while encouraging them Encouraging them with the good results of doing that good and at the same time warning them against evil and wrongdoing and sin and discouraging them by warning them against the result, the punishment of wrongdoing So he said that he was Ya'iduhu He was warning him or advising him commanding him with that which is good accompanied by the encouragement of the end result of good and for prohibiting from evil, but likewise the unwillingly against the, result, the consequences of evil. So here in these words, he ordered him to have al-ikhlas, sincerity, the need to avoid shirk. Shirk, it means mixing something with Allah, the offering to other than Allah, that which is his exclusive right, and al-ikhlas means that it should be whatever we do, it should be purely for Allah alone without associating anyone with him. So he ordered him to have al-ikhlaq, that is a tawheed, and he prohibited him from the opposite of tawheed, a shirk, and made clear to him the reason why he is being prohibited from a shirk is because in the shirk we are going in the that very shirk, it is a terrible and tremendous and severe wrongdoing, doing. Perhaps just a quick look at the reasoning or the basis of this statement that a shirk is vulmaween. If we will consider the fact that the act of shirk of someone offering to other than Allah that which is exclusive right, offering to something of the creatures that which has been created from the depth of the earth, offering to them that which belongs to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the one who created everything making that creature equal with Allah. That creature that doesn't possess or own anything, being equal with the one who is the owner and possessor and the master over everything. Making that creature which is incomplete and in need, in every way, in need. The creature that is never independent and without need, is always in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making them as an equal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is totally without any need, who is independent and without need of anyone or anything. That one who is incapable of giving any benefit in reality, who has no ability to give benefit or to prevent harm from anyone, making them equal with the one in whose hand is all benefit and the one who has the ability to cause harm to us or to protect us from harm or if any harm befalls us to remove it from us. The making of 
comparison or equality between the incomplete and imperfect creature with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the world, is indeed the greatest of injustice. It is the greatest act of putting something other than its place and transgressing the bounds. And for this reason, the person should know whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created not to be in submission to anything except him if they submit themselves to anything other than Allah then indeed they have done a great injustice to their own self so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here uh, informs us of this great advice of Luqman to his son to avoid shirk because verily shirk is the greatest of injustice and at the same time while he has ordered uh, that shirk should be avoided Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here in this very same verse, or couples to it, the order of uh, the advice, or the instruction, or the commandment of being kind and to treat well one's parents. Here in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala follows the order of the avoidance or abandoning of shirk. He couples it with the command or the instruction that a person should be kind to their parents. وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنْسَانِ بِوَالِدَيْهِ That we have ordered or commanded or advised the human being to be kind to their parents. And he mentions specifically the mother and some of the reasoning why the mother deserves kind treatment. He says, حَمَلَتْهُ أُمَّهُ That his mother has carried him وَحْنًا عَلَى وَحْنًا With difficulty and hardship one after another وَفِصَالِهُ فِي عَامِينِ And that his weaning and the child once they are delivered from their mother it is in the, during the period of two years here the mother is being described as the one who has suffered a great difficulty and hardship in that she has carried the child in her womb for a period of nine months or so and she has also weaned that child and she has delivered that child with great pain and difficulty and weaned that child, breastfed that child for a period of up to two years and for this reason, if the person is reminded of this great, I mean, a sacrifice that has been made by the mother, it indeed becomes clear of the right of the mother to be treated well and to be honored. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala joins these two instructions, the rights of himself and the rights of parents together, when he said, and we are also ordered to be thankful, a shukra, thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by obeying Him and worshipping Him alone and also to be thankful to one's parents by treating them well, biruwari being kindness and honoring them in every way in this world. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala joins the order of thankfulness and gratitude where He orders the human beings to be grateful to Him and in the same sentence he couples that order or that command to be grateful to one's parents for all that they have done and then he reminds us that these obligations which he has placed upon us will be questioned about them we will be asked about them that you will return to me and you will be asked about have you fulfilled these rights or have you not fulfilled them and if you have fulfilled them then the return to Allah will be an occasion of happiness and joy because whoever has fulfilled the obligations that Allah has placed upon them and they will be rewarded greatly. While those who have failed to fulfill the obligations which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon us, then they will be punished justly. Allah will forgive whomever He wills.
then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in light of the fact that we have been ordered to honor our parents and to be kind to them and to treat them well perhaps it may be misunderstood to what extent is the right of the parents and how far one should go in honoring them and treating them well perhaps someone may understand that there is no limit to it and for this reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us to know that obedience to creatures should never be in disobedience to Allah even our parents for this reason he says وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ يعني if your parents if they strive and struggle عَلَىٰ أَمْ تُشْرِكْ to that to make you or to encourage you or to call you to make an act of shirk or to do an act of shirk to associate something and worship with me مَعْلَيْسَ لَكَ بِنِعِلْمِ that which you have no knowledge of that it is permissible or that it is lawful or right to do فَلَا تُعْتِيهُمَا فَلَا تُتِعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَ مَعْرُوفًا then if they order you to do something which is in disobedience to Allah and the worst of it is shirk and even that which is less than that any act of disobedience to Allah if even one parents who are to be honored and treated well and obeyed in almost everything if they order you to do something in disobedience to Allah then you should not obey them but even though you shouldn't obey them in that which is disobedience to Allah nonetheless you must still treat them well and for this reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا don't obey them in wrong وَصَاحِبْهُمَا but be in good companionship to them في الدنيا in this world معروفه with that which is good so that even though we are not to obey them in disobedience to Allah but we are not to be disobedient to them in other matters but we are to treat them well in this world in the best of ways and we are not to follow them in that which is wrong in the wrongness of their ways but we are to follow those who are turning to Allah in righteousness and obedience and for this reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala follows these words with a command and follow that ittiba' it is not our parents if they are going in the world of disobedience or wrongdoing or disbelief but an ittiba' is in the way of men anaba ilayya those who turn back to Allah repent to Allah and turn to Him and are obedient to Him that is al-mu'minun the believers but follow the way of those who who are turning back to Allah in repentance and obedience the way of the believers فَمَّا إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ فَأُنَبِّعُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Then after that, يعني in the next life on Yom Al-Qiyamah إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ That your return is to me, you will come back to me and I will inform you of that which you used to do, that which you are doing in this world. Everyone will be informed, accounts will be taken and all these will be accounted for, whether great or small good or evil they will all be accounted for Allah will inform us of what we have done meaning that he will reward or punish reward those who have done good and punish those who have done wrong then uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returns to the instructions or the advices the wasaya of Luqman to his son Ya Bumiya innaha انتقوا مثقال حبة من خردل فتكون في صخرة أو في السماوات أو في الأرض يأتي بها الله هي لقمان هي قلت سامس أتنشن بسعد 
that the Muslim, the true believer, should always be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and should be making a muraqabah considering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always in front of us Allah always overlooking us and being aware and knowing what we are doing in every act that we do whether great or small Ya Dunia innaha intaku misqala habbatin yani even if there was something as small as that which is equal to the weight of a mustard seed habbatin min khardalin even something an act that small or insignificant that is equal to the word of the mustard seed فَتَقُمْ فِي سَخْرَةٍ and it is even يعني, inside of a rock أو في السماوات or in the heavens above أو في الأرض or in the earth no matter where it may be in whatever condition no matter how insignificant or small it will be yeah it will be Allah Allah will come forth with it Allah will bring it forth in the account of the people in Yom Al-Qiyama إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقِيفٌ خَبِيرٌ really Allah is لَقِيف He is the one who knows things even the minutest of things that which is undetectable by others or, un- or that others may be unaware Allah is aware of everything, His knowledge encompasses everything, nothing escapes from Him no matter how small or insignificant it may be and Allah is khabir, aware of everything so this makes us to know that a Muslim here, Luqman is reminding his son that a person should always be aware of their actions even those things which are insignificant even those things whether they are done publicly or secretly in the presence of others or when one is alone even if it were in Iraq or if it was in the heavens or in the earth and it was the most insignificant things all of it is being recorded and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it forth and will be called to account for it for verily Allah is latif and he is khabir he knows everything, nothing escapes from him even the minutest of things and he is aware of everything then Luqman goes on to advise his son with other advices of those things which are important for all people to know and of the most important of the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of his servants and the obligations on the Muslim Ya salat fulfill the obligation of the salat perform the salat in its proper manner, in its proper time giving it all that, all, all that is its right and performing it not only with the physical movements or speeches but also with the proper spirit and consciousness of mind and heart and awareness that one is standing in front of Allah fulfilling a right that belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over us وَأْمُرُ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنْهَ عَنِ الْمُنْفَةِ and command on doing that which is good then those things which have been commanded in the Sharia in the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of righteousness and good doing and discourage or warn against or prohibit the munkar, those things which are not acceptable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not acceptable in the Sharia those things which are yani, rejected in the Sharia those things which are made prohibited or those things which are undesirable enjoin the good and forbid the wrong and as a result of enjoying the good and forbidding the wrong and implementing the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one's life then one will be in need of the following command وَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا أَصَابَكَ and be patient be patient in whatever may before you yani as a result of upholding the deen of Allah and calling to that which is good and forbidding the wrong and calling to the way of Allah inviting people to Allah to the worship of Allah alone and prohibiting that which he has prohibited know for sure that harm will come to you and people will dislike you and some people may attack you whatever may before you in that situation it is required that one should be patient إِنَّ ذَلِكْ مِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ and verily 
this limitation in such a situation and as well the other instructions of Luqman to his son all of these are those great matters those very important commandments and those things which no one can fulfill unless they have patience and unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them the tawfiq to have the determination to fulfill them and the patience to bear that which follows them then he advised his son with other instructions relating to our dealings with other people and of the most important of them is that a person should be humble as the Prophet ﷺ, he was the messenger of Allah he was the greatest of all creation yet he was dealing with all people of whatever level, rich or poor knowledgeable or ignorant, young or old he was humble with the people and here Luqman advises his son to be humble and not to be proud and boastful وَلَا تُسَاعِرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرْحًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُورٍ يعني that you shouldn't turn your face away from people or turn your cheek to someone, turn your side to them when you're talking to them or when they're talking to you this is an act or a manifestation of pride and arrogance when you're talking to someone you turn your back to them or turn your side to them or when someone is talking to you you don't look at them, you don't face them so he told his son, don't turn your cheek to anyone, don't turn your side to the people when you're dealing with them. What happens she fill up Marahan and don't walk on the earth insolent or proud or arrogant as though you are greater than other people. But the way you walk on the earth should be a manifestation of humility. For verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love those who are mukhtar and those who are fakhur, those who are proud and arrogant. Or as some of the scholars said that mukhtar it means the one who is uh, the one who thinks that he, he is I mean, thinking that he himself of himself that he is great he is very pleased with his own self this is the mukhtar and fakur is the one who looks down on others who thinks little of others so these two characteristics the one who thinks too much of himself and the one who thinks little of others these are the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love and if Allah doesn't love them then we don't understand that Allah is displeased with them and Allah will not be pleased with the one who contains these characteristics وَقْفِدْ فِي مَشْيِكْ وَغْضُدْ مِنْ سَوْتِكْ إِنَّ أَنْتَ الْأَسْوَاتِ وَسَوْتِ الْحَمِيرِ and also in one's walking here we have been commanded in this advice of Luqman that a person should be moderate in their walking and when they walk amongst the people they should walk moderately not speeding very very quickly nor walking very slow and lazily but at a moderate pace they should walk amongst the people uh, in a moderate way and also one should know one's voice not screaming and shouting at others for verily the most hateful or detestable of all voices is the voice of the donkey the screaming voice of a donkey it is hated it is detestable it is something disgusting so whoever is described with such a characteristic it is a despicable description especially if we know that the comparison here the, the screaming or raising of the voice is compared to the voice of a donkey and a donkey is an ignorant and stubborn and blameworthy and it contains the characteristics which are blameworthy whoever is compared to a donkey it is indeed a blameworthy characteristic uh, these are some of the meanings that 
the scholars have mentioned concerning these verses, Al-Habdul Kathir mentions a number of other points and various issues. From amongst them, uh, with the first verse, that indeed we have bestowed upon Bukman or given to Bukman wisdom, that he should be thankful to Allah and whoever is thankful. His, his thankfulness is for his own self and whoever is ungrateful and whether Allah is ghani, hamid, that Allah is free and rich and independent and praiseworthy. Uh, al Ibn Kathir here discusses in this verse the, the fact that the scholars differed concerning Luqman, uh, what was the real identity of Luqman, and there are two opinions, those who said that he was a Nabiyan, he was a prophet, and those who said that he was Rajulun Sari, a righteous servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but without prophethood. And the majority of the scholars held the second view that he was Rajulun Sari, and Hakim, a wise man and a righteous servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as described in the Quran and described in the authentic hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then Al-Hafid al-Kathir rahmatullah mentions uh, some of the sayings of the scholars of the early generations of the Muslims, uh, he mentions a number of things, and amongst them is the statement of Abdullah ibn Zubayr, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, who said that when we mentioned to Jabir, Jabir ibn Abdullah, Allah, what did you hear about Luqman? He, 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 gave, he, he told him what he had heard, yani what had come to him or what was reported to him, yani through one means or another. And he said that what he had heard was that he was short, with a flat nose, and that he came from Nubia. Nubia. And Nubia is a place today, what is known as Nubia or Nuba, it is in Sudan. And at that time, of Sudan and Nasr, Egypt, they were one country joined together. So in that part of uh, uh, in that part of the land where Sudan and Egypt meet, uh, he, he said that he was from that place, a Nubian. And if we look at this description and the following description of Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, who narrated from Sa'id ibn uh, Sa'id al-Musayyid, rahimahullah, that Luqman was from the black peoples of southern Egypt, meaning from Sudan, and he had thick lips, and Allah had given him wisdom but withheld prophethood from him. We can see that there are two types of descriptions for Luqman. I mean, some of the descriptions said that he was a slave. That he was a slave uh, and that he was from Nubia and also that he was in some of the descriptions that he was a carpenter. These are the human descriptions of Luqman that uh, are worldly descriptions. And of the important, the other type of descriptions is the description of him as being a man of wisdom, one who was given wisdom, al-hikmah, and also as the Prophet said, that he was a righteous man, Rajab al So that these two types of descriptions, if we put them together, then we will see that the world of descriptions are not of importance. The fact that a person is short or has a flat nose or the color of their skin or the occupation that they work in in worldly things, it wasn't important to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what was important was that he was a righteous man who worshipped Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him wisdom and mentioned him in the Quran and mentioned some examples of his wisdom as a wasiyah, as an advice for all humanity until Yawm Qiyamah. Al-Hafid ibn Kathir also mentioned here that 
آتينا لقمان الحكمة كثيرة من دين استورف عن لقمان الحكمة يسدسين فهم وعلم وتعبير من الحكمة it means understanding and knowledge and expression the ability to express or eloquence and يشكر لله saying give thanks to Allah meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered uh, that thanks be given to him for the blessings and favors that he has given yeah, and he has specifically to Luqman that he has given many favors and blessings and from amongst them is the honor of being al-Hakim and being a righteous servant who has been given the tawfiq to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to fulfill the commands and obligations that Allah has placed upon him so he has been given many favors from amongst his people and the people of his time above others for this reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to be thankful and we likewise should take heed to this and remember and reflect upon the favors that Allah has given to us and be thankful for them and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever is thankful then barely gives gratitude the benefit of it is for his own self and the benefit it goes back to him it's not to the benefit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or for the benefit of anyone else but whoever is thankful for the favor that Allah has given then the benefit goes back to oneself because whoever is thankful for what Allah has given then Allah increases what he has given and if a person is thankful for what Allah has given to them then Allah causes that favor to continue and to increase by one's gratitude and whoever is ungrateful then Allah will cut it off and Allah will decrease it until they have nothing and in the end they will be of the losers and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and whoever is ungrateful then Allah is indeed ghani and he is rich and free of need and he is hamid he is the one who is worthy of praise Allah has no need of his creatures he has no need of anyone or anything and then in the next group of verses verses 13, 14, and 15 uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions some of the advices of Luqman to his son and the first of them is the avoidance of shirk and the shirk is adhulm al-azim and also the advice to people to be kind to their parents and he mentions some of the reasoning for which the mother should be honored and respected and treated well and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that one should be thankful to him for what he has given us and thankful to parents for their position and what they have done for us and know that we will be called to account ilayya al-masiyah that we will return to him here Al-Hazrat al-Kathir mentions that Allah tells us how Luqman advised his son and he says that his full name was Luqman ibni Anqa ibni Sadun and his son's name was Saran and there is some yeah, I mean, difference here I mean, in the text of the Mukhtasar of Ibn Kathir from Matthew the Bar Salaam that we are following it actually says what Rasmu Ibnihi that his son's name was Saran according to the same quote from Suhaili and in the original text of the Tafsir Ibn Kathir says Rasmu Abihi that his father's name was Saran and Ibni wa Abihi the writing of these two words very close uh, so I was unclear as to which one was correct was the correction in the Mukhtasar and was it after examining the other Mukhtut of Tafsir Ibn Kathir and the plenty of copies that we have maybe the mistake is there or was it a mistake that they themselves made when they did the Mukhtasar Allah Alam but uh, in any case yani here it says that his son's name was Taran and in the original Tafsir Ibn Kathir said his father's name was Taran uh, and it seems from the text, from the 
the text of this statement, it seems that it really should be his father's name. Because here it says that his full name was Luqman Ibn Anqar Ibn Sadun. And according to, and his son's name was, according to a saying, called from Suhaili, it seems as though Ibn Kathir is saying here that there's some difference. That is not his son's name, it's his father's name. There's some difference about his father's name, whether his father's name was Anqar or his father's name was and he says in the first statement that his father's name was Anqar and then he says according to a saying and another saying quoted by Suhaili his father's name was Faran this is the original text of Ibn Kathir and here they have it as his son's name in any case uh, then Ibn Kathir says that Allah describes him in the best terms and mentions that he was granted in wisdom al hikmah and then he mentions that Luqman advised his son who was the closest and most beloved of all people to him and uh, he is the one who is most deserving to be given the best of his knowledge so Luqman started by advising him with the worship of Allah alone yani to avoid shirk not to associate anything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying to him in the shirk yani the reasoning why you should avoid shirk because in the shirk that it is the greatest of transgressions it is the greatest of wrongdoing and then Al-Bukhari, he mentions the statement of Al-Bukhari rahimahullah, reporting the thoughts of Abdullah. And he only mentions the name Abdullah, but it appears as though Abdullah here is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, since in the narration in the Tafsir ibn Kathir, he mentions the Isnad of the Hadith, and that Isnad contains An Ibrahim wa An Alqama an Abdullah. And Abdullah ibn Abbas, amongst his students, was Alqama and Ibn al-Makhi, and the people of that area, so he sees that Abdullah here is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Allah alam. He said in, the, in that which reports from Abdullah, he said that when the ayah, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَنْبِسُوا إِمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ When this ayah uh, was revealed, those who believe and mix not up their belief, they mix not up their iman with zulm, with transgression and wrongdoing. When it was revealed, he said the companions of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi were troubled by this. They were troubled because they said, who, which one amongst us has not mixed up his iman with some wrongdoing, some wrong. And wrong means any wrongdoing, uh, placing something in other than its rightful place, or going beyond the bounds, and that could be any type of sin, it's called wrong. So they said, which one of us has not done so? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi assured them and consoled them with these words, as it's reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim and in other books of Hadith, in the release of Nizalik, and it's not as you think it is, it's not revealing any type of wrongdoing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to here, ala tasma'u ila qawl al-Muqman, having you heard the saying of Muqman, ya buniya, la tushrik billah, in the shirk al-dhulm al-azim, oh my son, do not worship anything along with Allah subhanahu shirk is a great, a terrible, and a he said that, he said this, making them to understand that the zulm that is mentioned in this verse is the zulm of shirk, and worshipping something along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this hadith was also reported by Imam Muslim. Yani, Al-Hafiz al Kathir mentioned this hadith with the Isnad from Al-Bukhari, and then at the end of it he said it was also narrated by Imam Muslim, rahimahullah. Then he said, when Muqman advised his son to worship Allah alone, he also told him to honor his parents. Yani, the joining of the obligation of the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to worship him alone and the rights of parents to be treated with honor and respect, uh, they are joined together in this verse, just as in another verse, in, in chapter 17, verse 23, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ And Allah has ordered and commanded that 
No, nothing that we should not worship anything except him. And he joined to that the command to be good and beautiful to one's parents. And there are a number of cases in the Quran where these two commands are mentioned together, the rights of Allah and the rights of parents. Uh, and then he mentions that the reasoning why the mother yani, is entitled to good treatment and why one should be dutiful and kind to one's mother and that is, he says that one's mother has carried him or born him with weakness and hardship upon weakness yani, the pregnancy period, the delivery pain and the sucking for a long period of time this alone is sufficient for the mother to be honored and respected and to be treated with the best of treatment then he mentioned Mujahid, Rahimahullah, said the hardship of, said that this meaning, this Wahman ala Wahman means the hardship of bearing child, and Qatada said exhaustion upon exhaustion, and Ata said weakness upon weakness. All of this goes back to uh, the experience of the mother in pregnancy, in delivery, and weaning the child, and breastfeeding the child for a long period of time. وَفِصَالُهُ فِعَامِينَ And his meaning, and in the period that the mother has to feed that child, breastfeed that child, is up to two years. And from the time he is born, his meaning is up to two years. For the one who to complete that period, he is breastfed and weaned. Uh, many mentions another verse in the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, وَالْوَالِدَاتُ and that the mother should breastfeed their child for hawlaini kamilaini hawlaini two years kamilaini complete two complete years liman arada and timma arrabaa and for the one who wants to complete the full term of breastfeeding it's up to two years on the basis of this some of the scholars including Abdul Abbas, Radul Hanna and others of the Imam understood that the shortest period of pregnancy should, could be six months the shortest period of pregnancy is six months, not less than that, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another place, وَحَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَثُنَ شَهْرًا Yani the carrying the pregnancy period and his weaning period is 30 months. 30 months, meaning two years is 24 months and six months. Two years of weaning and six months of pregnancy, they understood from this then that the shortest period of pregnancy could be six months. Since the weaning, complete weaning period is two years or 24 months, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the pregnancy period, hamduhu, and the fisal of the meaning period is 30 months, 24, yani 2 years and 6. Allah also mentions how the mother brings up the child with him and how she suffers much uh, tiredness and stress and strain in staying up with the child uh, and the difficulties that the mother experiences in taking care of the child, especially when they're young, to remind that child of the good deeds, the kindness. Uh, and all that the mother has done for that child uh, in that period of time when they are helpless and unable to take care of themselves. And here, this Al-Hadr bin Kathir says, this thing is the same of Allah, وَقُلْ رَبُّ الْحَمْدُمَا كَنَا رَبَّيَانِ كَنَا رَبَّيَانِ صَغِيرًا And say, O oh my Lord, be merciful to them, to my parents, to my mother and father, just as they raised me and took care of me when I and then coupled with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the obligation of the parents and know that we will be called to account to me as the final return or the destination and the day of accounting, the day of resurrection and this means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward and reward those who fulfill these obligations the obligations to Allah, the obligations to parents and then Allah mentions 
the same which makes it clear that the honor of parents and the status of parents and obedience to parents and kindness to parents that appears as long as they don't interfere with the obligations to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so he says وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَىٰ أَنْ تُشْرِكَ بِي مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِي عِلْمٍ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا But if they strive or struggle with you to force you to join something or someone with me in worship to make shirk and you have something that you have no knowledge of me you have no proof for its authority that it's permissible to do so then you should not obey them then do not obey them and this means that um, that no matter يعني, what the situation may be in reference to respect for parents whenever they try to make you to do something in contradiction to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us or what Allah has يعني, made ability on us in the religion and obedience to him then we shouldn't accept that from them and this should not stop us from behaving well towards them or treating them kindly in the world and treating them with respect as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us to know that we should still treat them kindly وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا بِالْمَعْرُوفِ so we should still be kind to them in this world and treat them well even though we shouldn't obey them in that which is in, dis- in disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيَّ and the way that we should follow is the way of those who turn to me and who turn back to Allah in repentance and obedience and al-inaba it is different from al-tawbah and the tawbah is simply repentance while inaba also includes not only turning back to Allah and repentance for one wrongdoing but also includes the doing يعني, the increase in doing of good deeds and acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he said follow the way of those who turn back to me in repentance and in obedience meaning the believers, the mu'minun and know that to me will be a return marji'ukum you will return to me the ultimate return is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then I will inform you I will make you know the records will be presented of what you used to do those who did good will be rewarded and those who did otherwise will receive يعني, accordingly and then Al-Hafid mentions Al-Hafid Al-Kathir mentions the narration from Al-Tabarani uh, recorded in the book Kitab Al-Ushra in the book Kitab Al-Ushra he said that Sa'ad Ibn Malik said that this verse that if your parents try to make you worship something with Allah about which you have no knowledge and do not obey them he said this verse was revealed concerning me uh, and he mentions here in this narration that he was one who used to honor his mother and when he became a Muslim she was dissatisfied and displeased with that and she tried to get him to turn back from his being by saying that she wouldn't eat or drink anything until he abandoned Islam and he pleaded with his mother and told her that there's no way I would abandon the worship of Allah I will never abandon this being so it's better that you eat if you want to eat because I'm not going to turn back but if you don't want to eat that's up to you but don't think that you're going to turn me back so she got the message and she ate and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions uh, further verses where Luqman mentions the muraqabatullah and the importance of awareness that everything that is done every day no matter even if it's as insignificant as small equal to the weight of a mustard seed or if it's in Iraq or in the heavens or in the earth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it forth إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَقِيْفٌ خَبِيرٌ that barely Allah is لَقِيف the one who understands everything no matter how undetectable or that which is unnoticeable it may be Allah his knowledge encompasses everything he is khabir aware of whatever is done then he also ordered his son to perform the prayer command the good and forbid the wrong and to be patient with, with whatever is the consequences of that for verily these are the most important matters or affairs or commandments or instructions 
that the believers should follow. And we also order them to be humble and not to be proud and not to turn his face from someone and not to walk in the earth arrogantly that verily Allah doesn't like those who are pleased, over pleased with themselves and look down on others. And like that he said, be moderate in your walking and lower your voice. Don't be any person who raises his voice for verily the most evil or detestable or hated voices is the voice of the donkey that is the one who raises his voice. Uh, here Al-Hafiz al-Kathir mentions um, that here the same Luqman that which is reported from Luqman Ya Buniya Innaha Intaku Misqal Habbatin Min Khardalin The Ibn Al-Kathir something into the way of a mustard seed yani some, someone's action or sin no matter what it may be it will be Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it forth Yati biha Allah will bring it forth on the day of resurrection it will be placed in the scales and people will be rewarded accordingly good deeds with a good reward and evil deeds with the evil reward uh, and then he mentions uh, a few verses in Surah Al-Anbiya 21-47 and uh, chapter 99 verse 7 and 8 which show the importance that every deed, no matter how insignificant it will be brought forth, no one will belong in any way, and whether it does in Adam's way, any Zarratin Khayra Yarahu does in Adam's way, and it's called a Zarratin, Yani and some scholars say the Zarratin means the weight of the smallest type of ant, a very, very small ant. One hundred of them, the weight of one hundred of them is equal to the weight of a seed. The weight of a seed. And he said that even if someone does a good deed equal then that small is that insignificant, he will see it, meaning he will be rewarded, he will be brought forth, and whoever does, and he will be likewise, he will also be brought forth, even if it's hidden in Iraq or in the heavens or in the earth. Then he says that Allah is the Latif, subtle, Khabir, the one who is aware, means that his knowledge is subtle, for nothing is hidden from him, no matter how small or subtle or minute, and he is Khabir, well aware even of the footprints of an ant in the darkest night. One Luqman orders his son with Salat, and he to offer the prayer properly in his proper manner, in his proper time, so filling all of its rights, that which is obligatory, that which is uh, uh, extra, mustahab, sunnah, or whatever, and to command the good and to forbid the wrong according to one's ability. And the commanding of good and forbidding the wrong is according to one's ability, as the Prophet said that if anyone sees a munkar, then they should change with their hands. But if they are not able, then with their tongue. And if they are not able, then with their heart, and that's the weakest of faith. So the commanding of good and forbidding of wrong, al-amr bin-ma'ruf al-mahr is according to one's ability and position. Those who are in authority may go beyond those who are not in authority. And those who have power and ability, then they may do according to their power and ability, and likewise, each one according to their strength. Then he said, Bear patiently whatever may be for you. And he, uh, look man knew that whoever enjoys the good and forbids the wrong, they would, inevitably, they would inevitably encounter some difficulty and harm and annoyance from the people. They would be tested and perhaps persecuted, and therefore he told him to be patient. And that verily, this is of the most important of commandments. And he being patient in the face of difficulty and hardship and test and trial, uh, as well as the other instructions and advices that he gave to his son. Then he said, and turn not your face away from men with pride. This means, do not turn your face away from the people when you speak to them. 
or when they speak to you, looking down on them in an arrogant fashion. Young people should be humble. Whoever they may be speaking to, or whoever they may be speaking to them, we should be humble, and we should not look at ourselves as being better than others, or others being less than us. Rather, one should be gentle towards them and greet them with a cheerful face, as mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet wasallam. that even if it is only by greeting your brother with a cheerful face, and if a person meets their brother with a smile, then this is a good thing to do. And in that hadith, he also mentioned that which is not related to the topic, but it is important. وَإِيَاكَ وَإِسْمَالَ الْإِذَارَ and beware of lowering your garment, yani letting your garment hang below your ankles, your lower garment. And this ismail is prohibited in Islam, and the Muslims should be aware of it, that a man's garment, lower garment, should not fall below their ankles. The Prophet warned us against such, وَإِيَّاكَ وَإِسْبَالْ الْإِذَارِ And this includes whether a person is wearing a fold, or a pair of pants, or whatever they may be wearing, even if they're wearing uh, one of those overcoats that the scholars wear, uh, especially the scholars, they should know better than others and they should make sure that it doesn't hang below their ankles. Unfortunately, even some of the so-called scholars or the people who are yani, accredited with knowledge, we find that they're wearing garments which indicate their status as people of knowledge and then their action indicates otherwise as their garments are hanging below their ankles. Then he says, and do not walk in the earth marahan, yani with insolence or arrogance or, pri- or proud. For uh, there Allah doesn't like those who are arrogant, boasters, or those who are pleased with themselves and look down upon others. Uh, in reaching the similar verse, in Surah the Surah, chapter 17, verse 37. And then finally he closes with the instruction of being moderate. And he walks in the mashik. And be moderate in your walking, not going too fast or too slow. Uh, and uh, to also to lower one's voice. Well, good, insulting. Don't go to the extreme raising one's voice so badly. The most evil of voices is the brain of donkeys. And Mujahid and others said, the most ugly voice is the voice of a donkey. That is when a person raises his voice, the resulting noise is like the voice of a donkey in its loudness. And this is the evil comparison, and a Muslim should never allow themselves to be described. I mean, with those comparisons that are comparisons of evil, as the Prophet said in the hadith here mentioned by Hafiz ibn Kathir, ليس لنا مثل السوء And it is not the feeling of a Muslim to be described with that which is uh, expressed in an evil parable. And the evil parable here is the voice of donkeys, that is the most evil of voices for Muslims avoid being described with such. And then Hafiz al-Kathir closes by saying that these are some important or useful advices which the Qur'an informs us about from Luqman and there are many other important things of advice from Luqman. He mentions a few of them and here we have mentioned uh, two of them. From amongst them is that which is supported by Imam Ahmed on the Fatih Abdul Umar. In the Luqman al-Hakim that very Luqman, the wise, here the Prophet described him with this description of Al-Hakim. He said that he used to say, Inna Allah إِذَا اسْتَوْدَعَ شَيْئًا حَفِظَهُ That whenever something is entrusted with Allah, then Allah will protect it and preserve it. Um, here, we can stop here uh, to look at uh, some of the points 
that may be derived from these verses and the questions at the end of the handout. From amongst the points that are derived from this, from this section is that Allah subhanahu sometimes reports or narrates to us stories from the stories of the earlier generations and from amongst them is the story of Luqman al-Hakim as well as the advices or the instructions wasaya that will benefit those who came after them number two that Luqman al-Hakim gave advice to his son and from amongst those wasaya was the wasiyah the most important of them and the most beneficial of them it is that he should avoid shirk that he should worship Allah alone and never fall into shirk and this is the advice of a parent who is concerned about their child and who gives them the best of advices and this is the best advice that a parent can give to their child and remind them of and encourage them in and guide them towards it is the fulfillment of the rights of tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the avoiding of a shirk in these verses uh, there is the confirmation of the importance of Tawheed and the warning against a shirk likewise there is clarification of the Hikmah that in this case the Hikmah it is being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by obeying Him and remembering Him yani, shukra and al-zikr being thankful to Allah and remembering Allah is the Hikmah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the most important hikmah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Luqman when he gave him hikmah he ordered him to be thankful that when we have been given something and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us much the best of it is al-Islam and al-Iman and the proper, proper guidance the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and understanding and the implementation implementation or the tawfiq to practice that knowledge which has been given to us whoever has been given to us they should be thankful they should remember Allah and they should be thankful to Allah this is indeed Hikmah, the one who knows this and understands it and acts in accordance with it, and this is indeed Hikmah. Also, that it is legislated to give advice and guidance to those who are old and those who are young, those who are near relations and those who are far. Yani advice should be given to everyone, not only to the older people or adults, but also to the children, as Luqman gave to his son advice. And advice should be given to those who are near relatives as, as well as those who are far. Also here is an indication of the great fear that a Muslim should have for a shirk. For there the shirk is Dhul Al-Azim. It is the most evil and the most severe of all home. Also, number seven, the period of Ar-Raba'ah or weaning or breastfeeding is mentioned here in this verse that it is two complete years for those who want to complete it not more than that and it should never exceed as in the other verse of the Quran Allah says that means that if it reaches two years that's complete and some children go on to continue but the time of reading the time of breastfeeding is not to exceed two years number eight the obligation of bitter walidain being kind and beautiful to our parents and keeping our ties of relationship with them Number seven, uh, the confirmation of the principle of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that there is no obedience to any created being in disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is understood from the command not to obey our parents in if they encourage us 
to make shirk with Allah, or to do an act of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we order not to obey them. And so we understand from this that obedience to created beings is only to the extent that there is no disobedience to Allah. And this is mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi that there is no obedience to created means, disobedience to Allah. And in another hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu that very obedience is only in al-ma'ruf, in that which is good. And number eight, or number ten, the obligation of following ittibat, the rule of the obligation of following those believers, uh, that means in this day and time, it means following the people of Sunnah, the Ahl Sunnah and Jamaah, and the prohibition of following the way of the people of Bid'ah and the people of Balala, the people of innovation and misguidance and kufr and shirk, even if they were our parents. And we are obligated to follow the way of the believers, those who turn back to Allah. Men anaba ilayya, those who turn back to Him in repentance and obedience, following their ways, obligatory on us. And it is forbidden to follow the way of the people of innovation, the people of born astray, or the people of disbelief and make shirk with Allah. And here, in these two points, we understand the importance of holding fast to the deen of Allah and remaining straight upon the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as it has been pointed out to us by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The last three points he mentions here is the obligation of muraqabah to Allah, the obligation of being conscious of Allah in every action and deed, and not thinking light of any deed, whether it's hasana or fiyya, good deeds or evil deeds, however small or insignificant they may be, good or evil. We should never think them to be insignificant, and we should know that nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and nothing can escape from Him, even if it was equal to the weight of a mustard seed. Also the obligation of establishing the prayers in our life. And the establishment of the prayers includes for the men the performing, performing of the prayers in al-jama'ah, in congregation. The important principle of commanding the good and forbidding the wrong, which is the essential basis for the restoration, the correction, and the preservation of the Muslim society. The commanding of the good and forbidding of the wrong and its loss, the Muslim society is also lost as we can see around us today. When there is no commanding the good and forbidding the wrong, the Muslim society will be destroyed, it will deteriorate rapidly in front of our eyes. Also patience with those things that may follow our commanding the good and forbidding the wrong and obeying Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala being patient in whatever we may be tested or tried with. And finally, the prohibition of being proud and arrogant and walking in a proud or arrogant way or speaking by raising our voice or screaming or shouting at others the obligation to be moderate in our walking and to lower our voice and not to raise our voice uh, beyond the need and that which is necessary Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika Ashhadun la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk Any comments or corrections or questions we take just a few moments before the ikhaman and also in this time we can look at the questions just quickly on the handout. Is there, are there any comments or any? None. Uh, I don't recall any mention of the time period. But perhaps there is some mention of it in some of the books that we'll discuss in more detail. Here, and uh, the discussion here is very brief concerning uh, his life. But there are some books um, you know, written about history which there is maybe some more detail given. But I don't recall the time period being mentioned. Any other comments? Ok, 
Okay, is there the first question that you have here, what have the scholars mentioned about the identity of Luqman? This is the description from the Prophet And also, that he was Al-Hakim, that he was a wise man who had been given wisdom. And some of the narrations that Al-Hakim Kabir mentions from Al-Tabari, many of the earlier scholars of the Salaf from Sahaba and Tabi'in also mentioned other things about him personally as a human being, his description and so on, his work field as being a carpenter, some said that he was a slave and so on. What is the meaning of that hikmah that was given to Luqman? What is the meaning of this hikmah that was given to Luqman? Naam. Naam. The hikmah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him from amongst it was his command to him to be thankful to Allah and to remember Allah. And that hikmah, it includes knowledge as well as the understanding of that knowledge, the fahm. And the huh? Beneficial knowledge and understanding it and implementing it. Implementing it. Al-ilm al-nafiya, beneficial knowledge. And al-amal al-salih, righteous deeds. And here also for Luqman, the hikmah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him was the ta'biyah, or the ability to express that knowledge and that wisdom. What was the most important wasiyah or advice which Luqman gave to his son? Now, not to make shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What, why is shirk considered such a terrible ruin? Naam, it's, it's, it's greater than a major sin. Naam, it's the worst of major sins. It's akbar of kabaya. But why? What is the reason why shirk is so terrible? Yeah, I mean, killing someone is terrible. Isn't it terrible to take a person's life? Isn't it terrible to commit adultery with someone's life? But why is shirk so terrible? Why is it doing with Amin? It's, it's the most terrible of the terrible things. Why? Ma'am, because it's making equal something of the creatures, a creature, making the creature equal with the Creator. That is, that thing which has no power and no authority and no perfection, which is in need, which doesn't have the ability to fulfill needs or to bring about any good or to cause any harm, making that thing equal with the one who has the power of everything, who has the authority, who gives all good and prevents all harm, the one who is the Creator, making the creature equal with the Creator. This is the worst of all rules. Discuss the saying of Allah, we have enjoined a man to be dutiful to his parents. Give thanks to me and your parents. What can we say about this verse? And what do we know of the tafsir of this ayah? The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, he enjoined people on everyone to be dutiful to their parents. And he made it so important to be dutiful to your parents that he said, give thanks to me and to your parents. What can we say about this? But what about being dutiful to them? I mean, here, one of the things that the scholars said is that the obligation to parents is so high that Allah coupled it with the obligation to Himself. And He coupled the, the command to worship Him alone, to avoid shirk, with the obligation to be dutiful to parents. This shows the great importance and significance of, 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 of being right and dutiful and righteous and being kind to one's parents. And here also, Allah SWT combines these two and says that a shukra is for me and for your parents. Then He combines them as though they are almost equal. He made them join together by the law of and which normally joins two things which are equal. As though being thankful to one's parents 
is almost like equal to your obligation to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, as you said, even, even though they have such a great right over us, it doesn't mean that we can obey them in disobedience to Allah. And this is the next question, how should a Muslim deal with his parents who order him or her with disobedience to Allah? How should one deal with their parents who order them to disobey Allah? You should not obey them. It doesn't mean that you should treat them evilly. You should still be kind to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say reject them. If they order you to make sure, he didn't say reject them and disown them. But he said don't obey them, meaning don't obey them and that command to do that which is disobedience to him. But he followed that by saying, وَصَاحِبْكُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا بِالْمَعْرُوفِ So even though you're not to obey them and that is the order you to do disobedience to Allah, but still how you to deal with them? Still you have to deal with them with kindness and be beautiful to them and respect them and honor them and help them and serve them in everything else in worldly matters and don't obey them in disobedience to Allah. So we should understand the Muslims should know that their parents have a great right over them. And even if they order you to disobey Allah, no, you shouldn't obey them in that thing, but in other things you should treat them with respect and kindness and serve them. Discuss the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and turn not your face away from men with pride and your walk in insolence through the earth. And what is contained in this verse? The prohibition of being proud and arrogant. That is the prohibition of somebody thinking that they are better than others or looking down on others in the way that we deal with other people and the way we go amongst other people. Mention some of the asma of Allah mentioned in these verses. Al-Latif, Al-Khabir, Al-Ghani, Al-Hamid. That Allah is Ghani Al-Hamid and Allah is Latif Al-Khabir. These are mentioned in these verses. These are some of the names of Allah that are confirmed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is free of needs and he is worthy of praise that he knows even the subtle matters and he is well aware of everything mention some of the other advices of Luqman to his son what are some of the other advices besides the advice of not making shirk not to raise your voice not to not to raise your voice to perform the salat not walk arrogant in, in the earth Commanding the good and forbidding the wrong man. These are some of the important, very important advices, subhanAllah, that Allah collected in these two verses from a wise man, Luqman al-Hakim. And he, he preserved them for humanity until Yawm al-Qiyamah. That means that these are of the utmost importance. Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take the wisdom of a man who perhaps, according to the majority of scholars, is not even a prophet and yet preserve it in the Qur'an? And we didn't find some of the speech or advice of some of the Anbiya. We didn't find anything in the Qur'an from what they said. But here is the advice, the wafaya of Luqman al-Hakim, al-Rajul al-Salih. Naam. Naam. SubhanAllah, look at how, what he advised. What is the difference between what he said in Islam? It shows that, SubhanAllah, that he was Muslim. Naam. Mention some of the benefits or points derived from these verses. And what are some of the points that we need to add from these verses? Uh, there are so many. The importance of being thankful in general, especially thankfulness to Allah and to one's parents. There's some of the names of Allah derived from here, the affirmation of Allah's names, uh, the, the terribleness of shirk, which also we may understand from that the importance of the tawheed, 
related to uh, relations with one's parents, how they should be, the weaning of children for the, for the mother, yani carrying the child and delivering the child and, and breastfeeding the child. The importance of this, that is mentioned in the Quran in so many places. And this is, it has not only a physical benefit, but it also has a psychological benefit for the child. Subhanallah, Muhammad, Ashraf, 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 Mu